Thank you for listening to the Servants of Christ Jesus podcast. This homily from Father Paul Koska comes from Ascension Sunday. To support the Servants of Christ Jesus, please visit scjesus.org. The Feast of the Ascension is kind of a unique feast among the, the Feast of the Church in the sense that it can be sometimes weird to think about, like, what is even the meaning of this feast? We think about Good Friday, and obviously it's the commemoration of the death of Jesus, where Jesus gives himself for us. While the resurrection is amazing, it's at least kind of a clear concept. Jesus was dead, and then he rises from the dead. Now, the reality of what that actually looks like and is, is somewhat crazy, but at least the idea of Jesus rising from the dead sort of makes sense on a certain level. When we think of Jesus ascending into heaven, and we don't even know, like, okay, why is that significant that Jesus is, like, floating up out of, off the earth and into heaven? So it's kind of mysterious. And the ultimate thing, I think, though, for us to keep in mind is it's not like Jesus is just getting on a plane and going on vacation, like many people get to do. You know, I'm getting on a plane tomorrow to go to Ohio for Monday through Friday. So Jesus' ascension is not just like getting on a plane and flying somewhere, but it's something much more profound because Jesus is what we call the exemplar. Jesus is the exemplar. He is the, not just an example for us, but he is the prototype. He's the one, he is the person, he's the divine person that all of us are made in his image. So he's the master sort of, he's the masterpiece that we not only seek to imitate, but we are created to imitate. That our purpose in life, our mission in life is fulfilled in relationship to him. In relationship to him. So if we want to become truly who the Lord has created us to be, if we want to become the men and women that the Lord desires us to be, that he created us to be, we can only do it in relationship to him. And so if we try to do our own thing and just ignore the Lord, we will not be the people that the Lord is calling us to be and we will not fulfill the great purpose that he has for us. But if we live in relationship to him, then we will become alive. It's sort of like, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to understand, but on a, an example of this, okay, is just like an iPhone, right? An iPhone that's uncharged, that's just laying there uncharged, when it's not in relationship to a power source, right? It's just, it's not fulfilling its purpose. It's dead. And similarly with us, if we're not in relationship to the Lord, we might be in existence, but we're not truly alive. But the interesting thing about Jesus being the exemplar is that the purpose of us being connected with Jesus is not simply to be a copy of him. It's not like we just, Jesus just literally makes copies of himself like you do at the library when you're making a copy on a Xerox machine or whatever. Right? That's literally you're just copying something and getting an exact duplicate. Jesus is not in that business. Jesus creates us to be unique. And one of the amazing things about the saints, if you look at the lives of the saints, is the rich diversity of the saints. For example, 
You have St. Augustine, who's kind of a wild person. He goes off and basically lives a life apart from the Lord. He's searching, but he struggles to live a faithful life. And he's finally converted through an encounter with the Word of God. But he's an example of somebody who goes off the deep end, in a sense, and then returns to the Lord eventually. But then you have St. Therese of Lisieux, who's the exact opposite, who basically was like holy from the womb and was an amazing person, an amazingly holy person from the, almost, it seems like the beginning of her life. So she's just holy throughout her life. She doesn't, in a sense, go off the deep end and come back. And you just have this wide variety of people who try to love the Lord. And there's this amazing diversity of people. And yet the Lord calls them. And I would contrast the great diversity, the beautiful variety of the saints with the sort of copycatness that exists in worldliness. Like when you go to a party, like a crazy party, do you actually see much individuality? Do you actually see anybody really trying, when you go, or if you go to a bar downtown where there's just people getting drunk, do you really see any real variety and diversity? But you really see diversity in the lives of the saints and the holiness of the saints and the way that they do unique things, things that nobody else has done before. Mother Teresa, for example, is in India and is in a teaching community that served basically uh, the, the wealthy kind of 10% of the population. And she sees from her, the school that she's serving at, she sees the crazy poverty that exists at that time in Calcutta. Because Calcutta had a huge influ uh, influx of migrants from the war that had taken place between India and Pakistan. And so Calcutta has this huge boom in population and they can't feed everybody. So Mother Teresa is literally looking out onto the streets, seeing this vast poverty. And she decides and discerns a call from the Lord to serve those people. And so she does something that nobody else had, had done. She literally walked out of the place where she was and, and lived in the slums and started to serve. And so she shows the uniqueness and the, the habit that they wear. If you've ever seen the Mother Teresa in a picture or the sisters, they have this beautiful habit that nobody else has that looks totally unique, that's based on like Indian culture. It's very unique. And so you see in this unique diversity of the saints what we are called to be. We're not called to be copycats. You're not called to be a copycat of me or a copycat of anybody else. You're called to be who the Lord has created you to be in relationship with him. And so you have to ask Jesus, Jesus, what do you want me to do? How are you calling me to live the mission that you've entrusted to me? But you have to be willing to listen. You have to be willing to wait. Because that's the interesting thing about today's gospel, is Jesus describes how the disciples are supposed to be witnesses to the world. And in the gospel of Matthew, which is not this particular passage, but in the similar thing at the end of the gospel of Matthew, Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. And Jesus is encouraging them to be witnesses, but he says, behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. He's basically saying, wait, 
wait for me to send my spirit upon you and then go. The point being that the disciples, the apostles, are not supposed to go out on their own power, on their own inspirational charisma, but they are supposed to be ones who are sent by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit to go and to make disciples. And so they become effective witnesses because they wait for the Lord. They wait for the Lord to come in power. They wait for the Lord to speak, and then they go. We sometimes just go and kind of rush headlong into things. What the Lord desires of us, what the Lord is asking of us sometimes is to wait. Wait upon me, and then I will give you direction. I will give you guidance. I will make a way. But you have to be willing to trust. You have to be willing to wait upon the Lord. And then he will bring about his purpose and his plan. And so, as we get ready to go into these last two weeks or so, encourage you to be like the disciples today. Be willing to listen to the voice of Jesus who leads and guides you. Be willing to wait upon the Lord to send his guidance, to send his power upon you. And to realize that he is calling you in the midst of the last few weeks and in the midst of this summer to be holy, to be the person that the Lord has created you to be and to keep in mind the fact that you can only be the fullness of who you are called to be if you stay connected with him. And so as we uh, get ready for these last weeks, let us implore the Lord's grace. Let us ask the Lord to send his Holy Spirit upon us to empower us to be his witnesses. And then basically next week, right, is Pentecost. It's the end of the Easter season. It's the culmination in a certain sense of the Easter season. And so may we have the grace to prepare well, to pray uh, in humility for the Holy Spirit to come upon us so we can be his witnesses in our hometowns and even to the ends of the earth.